but uh, it's great to have friends, isn't it? And uh, um, you know, God plans that we would support each other. I remember being at school a few years ago now, but it was always good to go to school to see my friends. Um, there was something about friends at school. I didn't like school very much. I'm really sorry to say that. I should say school was fantastic. But school wasn't very good, but friends were fantastic. Um, I, I can honestly say I went to school to see my friends. Um, and as long as you have one really good friend, school is quite good. Um, and that's how it was for me. And I, I really treasure those memories. Um, and it's true as life goes on. Good friends really help us no end. We're going to be in uh, Mark chapter 2 here. And Jesus at this point has gone home. What do you associate with home? Maybe your childhood home. Um, it's, uh, there's always something special about home, isn't there? There's a familiarity about it. There's a sort of a, the, uh, the sounds, the, uh, the smells of, of home, like Leon was sharing, smell. Um, Barry was sharing about smells. Um, but uh, it's wonderful to have that, uh, that familiarity. Jesus is home. Um, but, you know, it's interesting when we think about Jesus at home, they didn't really understand what they were seeing or who they were with or who Jesus really was. Jesus was um, the carpenter's son. He was, uh, there are many things about him, but they, it's easy to miss how amazing Jesus was in that environment. And maybe you relate to that, that uh, um, as we try and share our lives with our friends, that uh, we would love people to know who Jesus really is. People often view Jesus as this um, dim and distant character from the past, whereas as a Christian, um, it's something that is really special to you. Um, our children, Ben and Alice, I remember them as young children, wanting to share with them about God. And uh, it was, we used to pray, Shiv and I used to pray no end, that, uh, that God would be real to them. And uh, it was a wonderful thing when they were baptized. In fact, they became Christians 10 and 9 years ago, so a long time ago. <clears throat> but um, it's wonderful when something that means a lot to you becomes real to someone else. And uh, we, uh, um, we would uh, share a lot with them, but somehow it's something about God calling them. Um, you know, God calls our children, doesn't he? Um, Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, even outside the house, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man 
carried by four of them. You know, it's an interesting environment, this, isn't it? This is a, a packed house. Um, Jesus speaking to a, uh, a large crowd. Um, there isn't even, there's, they're so packed in, there's no room. And uh, it always interests me that Jesus, um, it says he preached the word to them. Um, Maybe people think of Jesus as this magic man. You know, Jesus turned up and did a miracle, and everybody was amazed. But in fact, Jesus preached the word to them. Um, the word of God is, is something amazing in our lives. It's, it's something that really transforms our lives, doesn't it? <clears throat> um, I know that as a, a young Christian, um, even before I was a Christian, making time to read the scriptures and see the impact they would have on my life. Um, spending time with our children to, to read the scriptures. Um, we, uh, I remember with Ben and others reading the Bible with them. It wasn't they became Christians and they somehow had their quiet times all by themselves but continuing to read um, with them and share with them and talk with them. And even to this day, even to this day, it's something very special just to, um, to share the scriptures with our friends or share with our neighbors or our family. Uh, Jesus was excited here about the word of God. So the obvious question for us is, or reminder for us, is that the word of God is something really worth making time for in our lives. Um, early in the morning, late in the evening, uh, just making that a priority. Uh, Jesus shares the word. Um, and it's amazing how it changes our lives, isn't it? Um, I know for me as a young person, um, just being able to pray and ask God for help and support during times when I didn't feel very confident. I remember at university failing my exams. Alice just passed her fourth year exams. Well done, Alice. I failed my fourth year exams. I failed many things in my life. English language was my biggest challenge. Does anybody struggle with English or maths? You know, a really basic subject. I failed English language, maths. How many times did you fail maths? Really, I failed English language. I passed it on the fourth occasion. Um, but you know when you have something like that, it's, uh, it really reminds you um, just how inadequate you are. I remember having extra English lessons. I hope you never have to have extra English lessons <laughs> with a lady called Mrs. Bundle. I hated extra English lessons. It was terrible. Um, but... Uh, you know, it's great at times when we do feel so inadequate to be able to pray to God and to get encouragement from the Word. Um, so anyway, here they are. And in verse 3, it says, Some men came bringing with them um, a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him um, to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. This is a very interesting bit of 
Um, <coughs> digging here, isn't it? <laughs> digging through the roof. Um, you know, I don't want to take to go through this roof, but I imagine it would take something more than a few shovels. But imagine what it was like being there with Jesus. <coughs> Jesus speaking to this packed room, and suddenly a hole, the hole appears. Maybe a, a lump of soil drops to the ground, and uh, you'd get a bit distracted, wouldn't you? You'd know, look at Jesus, or we'd look at the ceiling, and, and then this hole gets bigger and bigger, and uh, this man appears. And uh, in, in verse 5 it says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Um, and now uh, <clears throat> some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Why? Can't God forgive sins? Sorry, who can, who can forgive sins? But God alone, now you understand why English was such a problem. Um, does anybody really hate reading in public? When you fail English language four times, you hate reading in public. So even reading in public is a miracle. Um, so there was a God, which is wonderful. Um, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. You know, it's interesting here what really matters in the situation. If we were to see a, a paralyzed man raised down or lowered down in front of us, we think, Jesus, I'm so glad you're here. You're going to heal this paralyzed man. When we think about our own lives, it's very tempting to think that the most important things to us are physical things. If I was to go around and say, what are you really concerned about? You might say passing English language, or you might say um, having enough money, or you might say job security, or you might say health. Um, for me, my, my health is a real challenge. It's, uh, it's good for me in some ways because it makes me realize how, um, how much I need God and how... Um, when you have a health challenge, um, if you have a health challenge, you know this, but um, before you have a health challenge, you think that everybody's fine. When you have a health challenge, you realize, actually, there's lots of people who really battle with their health. But it's interesting that Jesus doesn't say to this man, look, I'm so glad you're here, I'm going to heal you. He says, your sins are forgiven. You know, as I uh, stand here, or as I think about myself, it's very easy for me to think, I wish I didn't have my, my health challenges. Um, I've been to the doctors and lots of doctors and the furthest I've got with my health is that I'm unlucky. Do you ever wish you could get a diagnosis? I, uh, I've said to the doctors, you know, well, uh, how did this happen? You know, what is this? Um, why me? Why have I got this? And the closest I've got is, well, you're unlucky. Um, you know, and uh, they're giving it some right. They told me what it isn't. They told me it's not muscle sclerosis, it's not Parkinson's, it's not this, it's not that. But 
Sometimes with our health, we feel like, I wish I really knew what the issue was. That's the really important thing for me in my life. But Jesus doesn't say that. He says, your sins are forgiven. You know, what are you most worried about in your life today? It's interesting to think about that and to think that even more important than that is our sin. Our sin is even more important than our most serious health problem, life problem, financial situation, that actually our sin is even more significant than that. You know, it's very easy to, uh, to think that, you know, our sin is just what everybody has this, nobody has that. But actually our sin separates us from God. And that's why it's so important. And the wonderful thing about getting our sins forgiven is there is no separation between us and God. So, you know, one point just to make today is that the most important thing in our life is being right with God. That's more important than anything else. Is it more important than your, um, your health challenges or uh, more important than whatever your situation is? The most important thing for you and me <coughs> is to be right with God. You know how wonderful that is, to be right with God. If you're a Christian today, to be right with God is such an amazing privilege. Um, maybe it's something you think about, you know, do I want to be a Christian? Do I want to get right with God? Just to get that wall of sin removed, that barrier removed is a wonderful thing. Anyway, Jesus has his critics. And in verse 6, it says, Some of the teachers of the law, that they were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk? Why does this Jesus? You know, to them, Jesus, he was a carpenter. They knew his family. Um, they knew his dad, he, Joseph, he was a carpenter. They knew that Jesus maybe had done carpentry work for them. Um, who is this guy who says that, you know, uh, that he can forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes until we really make time to really get to know Jesus, um, we can fall into the same trap. You know, who after all is this Jesus? I know for me, one of the most amazing things for me as a person has been um, just making a real priority in my life to get to know Jesus. And it's not something that was very easy for me. It wasn't something that just, well, you know, I walked up one day at some talk and I got to meet Jesus. Um, it was something that I had to give time and priority to. And I would encourage us just to make time um, to, uh, to pray. Um, I think as I look back, one of the most beautiful things for me is that if, in my mind then, if God was there, then God would find me. Um, and uh, I always think these days that we take one step towards God, God takes three steps towards us.
which is really encouraging. So uh, making time to get to know God, making time to pray, making time to read, making time to talk, <coughs> um, you know, questions and challenges that we have. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit um, that this, this is what they were thinking. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Um, which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, um, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Can you imagine the atmosphere? This man, maybe they had been, um, or probably they were very used to this man. They'd seen him maybe every day of their lives. They'd seen him week after week. They'd seen him dead. Maybe he was even the talking subject, you know, that man who can't walk, um, the paralyzed man, the man who, who's always on that corner, that person who's always begging, that man who relies on us giving to him. And suddenly, the same man gets up and walks, picks up his mat and walks. I mean, it would be stunning, wouldn't it? Totally stunning. Um, and Jesus says, well, which is easier, or if you like, which is more important, to say this man, get up and walk home, or your sins are forgiven. You know, Jesus is reminding us that um, our sins are that important. It's, uh, it's tempting to think that what really matters is this man's health. But Jesus is saying what really matters is this man's spiritual health. So think about that for your own life. You know, what really matters for you is your spiritual health, not just your physical health. Um, and uh, so, anyway, Jesus sends him on his way. Um, he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this before. That's the understatement of the year. And we have never seen anything like this. I mean, this is... Sort of ridiculous. I mean, one minute he's getting lowered through the roof by his friends, by his four friends on the end of four ropes um, tied to a mat. Next, he is getting up and walking. This guy that we've seen for so many years, all our lives maybe, unable to walk, and then he is able... I mean, this is the most amazing thing they had ever seen. You know, the implication is that for us to become Christians is even more amazing. Um, Malcolm on Friday night was asking everyone in Thames Valley what they remember about when they became Christians. And, uh, you know, most people said, oh, you know, I was so excited and I got up and, you know, I, was, I got baptized and I was so joyful. And that's a wonderful thing. I feel rather guilty whenever I hear that because 
I wasn't very happy when I got baptized. I felt so, I came from this very churchy sort of religious background. And I felt so confused and so worried about everybody else that even after I was baptized, I thought, oh no, everybody else, you know, what does this mean to everybody else? And, uh, but actually to be um, joyful that our sins forgiven, absolutely, is the thing. And as this man gets up and walks, says, you know, um, Jesus said it's amazing that you see him walk, but it's even more amazing that his sins are forgiven. You know, it would be amazing for you if your financial problems were solved for the rest of your life. Um, you know, sometimes um, someone turns up at the door and says, you've won the lottery. And, uh, and picture being that person opens the door, hello, who are you? Oh, I'm Mrs. So-and-so, I'm from um, the lottery and uh, you've won it. Um, that card you bought last week. Um, I mean, that would be such a stunning moment. You'd never forget that moment, would you? Your financial problems, the need to work. Um, I mean, just the, the world is truly your oyster. You can travel anywhere you like. And yet Jesus is saying that to have your sins forgiven is even more amazing than your biggest problem <coughs> being solved. That's what Jesus says right there. You know, read on. It says, um, Jesus once again went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began um, to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus. Levi is a Matthew, I think it is, isn't it? So that's the person who read who wrote Matthew's Gospel. So Levi, or Matthew, son of Alphaeus, at the tax collector's booth, Matthew was a tax collector. He was collecting taxes. He was, uh, what would you like to be in your life? Would you like to be a, a tax collector? I actually think I should have been a tax expert. Wouldn't it be brilliant to be a tax expert? be able to explain to everybody how to avoid paying tax. Um, uh, Matthew, Matthew is a tax collector for the Romans, and uh, he was dishonest. He collected the taxes for the Romans and a bit more for himself. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. Levi would have been really hated by the people. And yet Jesus says, hey, come and be my friend. Come and walk with me. Come and follow me. Um, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners waiting with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. Um, when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating, with the sinners and the tax collectors, they asked the disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? You know, it's amazing to be labeled, isn't it? Have you ever had a label? Levi definitely had a label. He was a bad guy. Um, 
sinners. I wonder who the sinners were. You know, that's a fairly serious label, isn't it? Imagine having a label across your head, sinner. You know, a label across your head, tax taker. Um, I remember um, at school having a label of being not very clever. And uh, I, um, I did my GCSEs. And one of my problems was that I lived a very outdoor life as a youngster. I love being outdoors. I never read a book. Um, sorry about that. But uh, reading a book was just something that would, there were too many exciting things outside to do. Reading a book was really very second rate. And consequently, my education wasn't very good. Um, as I said, my English language was my, probably my worst subject, although French was fairly close. Um, anybody about the French? Um, my dad was fluent in French. In fact, he was bilingual. And he used to send me to school to speak um, French to the French teacher. And and the French teacher would say to me, you know, your dad really knows, he's really good at French, isn't he? And I was terrible. I mean, I was the worst. I, um, I took my GCSE in French and got a U. <laughs> um, U stands for unclassified. Um, it's somewhere between 0 and 12%. Um, my brother also took French. He got a U as well. Um, he retook it and got another U. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, I didn't retake my French GCSE. But you know when you get labelled? You get labelled, you know, really just... Uh, and my dad was always like, you know, he always gave this impression I was going to be really good at things, really good at French. And uh, I, was t I was probably the... Yeah, I was the worst. Um, I was the worst in the class of, of French. But being labelled is always a, uh, it's not a very pleasant thing to be, is it? You know, this man here is labelled. Even when I got my A-level results, I, uh, I got very good A-levels, which really surprised my school. They were so surprised that they sent the results back to the examining board and said he couldn't possibly have got these. Um, and they sent it back and said, no, he, uh, it was him. He... Uh, he, he did get these grades, um, but they hadn't realized I had decided the work was a good idea. Um, but uh, when you get labeled, it's, it's a difficult thing. Levi is labeled. He's labeled as a, uh, as a sinner, as a tax collector. The guy who hangs out with tax collectors. You know, what does he just do? He just one very simple thing, and that is that nobody is too far from the grace of God. No, it's not impossible for anybody um, to get right with God. The fact that Levi could get right with God, people thought that was impossible because he was such a bad sinner. Nobody is such a bad sinner that they can't get right with God. Um, but so the Pharisees, the good guys, so I remember these are the good people, um, they think, oh, Jesus, you know, did you realize who these bad guys are? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the righteous. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. 
You know, what's the lesson for us? Well, the important thing for us is to see ourselves comfortably as sinners. It's okay to be a sinner. It's all right. You know, to the Pharisees, it's not all right. To the Pharisees, it was like, don't you realize who this, um, who these, who this person Levi is, who this friend of Levi is? I mean, these, these are really bad people. Um, maybe we feel like we're not really good enough to be right with God. And yet Jesus says, I didn't come, I didn't come to help righteous people, but I came to help the sick. So that must be one of the most encouraging scriptures in the Bible for us, is that Jesus didn't come to help people, the good people, he came to help the sick. Thank you very much. Thank you.